Shalom and welcome to yet another episode of TV7's Times Observer. I'm Jonathan Hassan, and with me all the way from uh, Dubai in the United Arab Emirates is joining me, our co-host for TV7 uh, Times Observer and from Behold Israel, Mr. Uh, Amir Tzalfati. Uh, how's the weather over there? The weather is great. Probably this is the best time of the year to be here. It's cool in the morning. It's actually not too hot throughout the day. It's wonderful. There are not that many people here anyway. So we were mm. able to see almost everything without long lines. It was it's great. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad to hear. But um, let's dive into today's uh, topic and, and open with prayer. How about you open uh, today's program? Yes. Father, we thank you for you are the creator of heavens and earth. And everything around us is your beautiful creation. And we also know that you have... Uh, set and appointed times and seasons and uh, in due time you always bring the right thing to fruition and father we ask that you will uh, enable us to through the power of the Holy Spirit to have the wisdom that only can come from the Holy Spirit to understand the times and the seasons in which we live in order to observe and also to be good watchmen to warn people of what is coming and to edify and comfort others because of the knowledge of our future based on what you already communicated through your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you that is reliable, true, accurate, and uh, authentic. And we uh, commit this time into your hands in the name of our wonderful, precious Messiah and Redeemer, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and the Lamb of God, Emmanuel, in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 All right, I mean, well, I, I'd actually like to start by addressing several emails that we received, which were emails of concern um, about our cooperation together. Uh, it came to me as a surprise, but uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, I would like to address them immediately. Uh, the um, concerns were voiced with regard to your faith, and, and uh, which is based on, on biblical scripture, about uh, the whole pre-tribulation uh, rapture. Uh, now, uh, one of my faults is that when I hear a concern or challenge, I would like to immediately uh, deal with it and then move forward. So this is us dealing with it. Um, I think one of the most important things that uh, uh, for for us as believers is to be completely adherent to the Word of God. And one of the aspects that we do uh, not disagree with is the fact that we will be taken. Uh, in Hebrew, it says taken. Uh, the Greek word uh, is uh, more specific to rapture, kalpas, uh, and it is something that we look forward to with anticipation. Now, the challenging part uh, for us as believers is, of course, that we all live in different parts of the world. So our understanding of Scripture might be derived from different perspectives uh, based on our understanding of, of our uh, social construct, of our narratives, and, uh, and so on. So the, the point of contention is about pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation taking away, um, which is all 
based on on uh, the Word of God. Uh, and how about you read specifically the part, uh, Amir, uh, with regard to the taken, uh, the taking, when Jesus will take us to him? Yes. First of all, we need to understand that the, the rapture of the church is something that appears in the scriptures in several places. Uh, the most famous part is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 um, from verse 16 and on. And we can definitely see that. Um, and here it is. It says, <clears throat> for I will actually start uh, from verse 15 to give you a better background. He says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Because Paul was addressing the concern that some people are falling asleep, which means they die, believers die, and what's going to happen to them? And so he says, look, uh, don't worry about those people because we are actually going to see them resurrected first and being taken first. And then he says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, as we said. And then we who are alive and remain shall be, and then comes the word, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And then he says, therefore comfort one another with these words. So we mm. see the word cut up um, uh, it, in the Hebrew, but in the Greek, harpazo, which was later on translated to the Latin as rapturo, from where the word rapture comes. But the mm. word rapture is not in the English Bible because it is that the meaning of it is written there rather than the word itself. But the uh, that word exists in the Bible, and it exists, of course, in the Greek, and it's arpazo. So absolutely. here we are. We just heard about it. Absolutely. And, and this is something that uh, I think we're all looking forward to as believers uh, in, in our Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, uh, that we will be taken to him. Now, uh, for the, the purpose of providing all of our uh, uh, viewers right now the opportunity to um, comprehend something very elemental, uh, elementary, and that is, regardless if you believe that it's pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation, uh, and we're talking about the Great Tribulation, because of course we uh, are experiencing various tribulations as a church uh, throughout the centuries, and, and uh, we will continue to experience those for being uh, not from this world, but in this world, um, I think that it's it's very important to note the most important common denominator that we need to focus on is being ready. Being ready for that moment, regardless of uh, uh, your uh, belief in, in the time specific, uh, the most important part is to be like the 10 virgins that uh, stood ready with oil in their lamps ready for the, the groom to take us. And uh, this is something that we all need to uh, uh, accept, uh, whether uh, uh, we 
like it or not, as believers, this is something that we uh, uh, that is Bible based. Um, and I, I urge you not to bicker about uh, the semantics uh, uh, when it comes to the times, because uh, the semantics of the times, and, and I, I will explain myself, the semantics of the time is to provide us with tools in order to take away that fear. And the more faith we have in the Lord taking good care of us and taking us out of here, the more we have the confidence and diminish the fear. So this is uh, a very important uh, aspect. And the second point is that however we may look at this, uh, we are one body in Christ. And we should be united as one to prepare for the Lord's coming and to do the Lord's work on earth. And I'd like to uh, touch on two verses. Um, the first one is the First Corinthians fourteen twenty six, uh, and uh, excuse me, no, First Thessalonians five nineteen and twenty nine, and and those two verses uh, I, I would like to really focus on or. Uh, and, and keep it in mind, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. We call on you, Amir and myself, to test our words based on, on the word of God. Uh, Amir, you had another verse, uh, if I'm uh, not mistaken. It's important that, you know, mentioning the ten virgins, by the way, it's important that only five were ready with the oil and the other five not. And this is why we need to not think that by being called believers or being called or calling ourselves Christians, that's it. We, the, the wisdom that the five had was, and that's why they were called wise, is that they have the Holy Spirit. They have mm -hmm. that oil. And that is why... Jonathan, it's important that we make sure, the only way to make sure that you are ready is to make sure you're born again, to make sure you have the Holy Spirit in you, to make sure that you were born not only of the water, but of the Spirit, that that second birth happened in your life. Because if you are not born of the Spirit, then you will actually uh, not enjoy the first resurrection, and you will have the second death, as the Bible says in the book of Revelation. But yes, we also wanted to touch um, in the book of Acts, in chapter 17, uh, when Paul was traveling, he was in Thessaloniki. And then, of course, after that, um, it, it didn't go well in Thessaloniki. We all know that the, mostly the local Jewish population there wasn't really uh, in favor of him. And then he moved to um, the, the, the city of Berea. Um, and here it is in, in chapter 17. The Bible says that um, then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word and in those days, the word was only the, the word that was spoken by Paul. But then he says, with all readiness and search the scriptures daily to find out whether these tellings 
were so. In other words, everything Paul said to those Jews in Berea, the word, they searched the scriptures. By the way, in those days, the scriptures were only the Old Testament. Mm. And so they made sure that every, every word and every quote that Paul is giving from the Old Testament to establish what he needs to say, they made sure to search and to make sure it is. And because of that, many believed. Indeed. And that is important to understand that. Only when you stick to the Word of God and when you search through the Word of God and when you listen to somebody's message and you make sure it fits the Word of God and it aligns with the Word of God, that's when your faith is strong and that's when uh, you move forward. And that's why we encourage you and urge you, weigh carefully every word that is said today, that whatever is said, go into the Word of God, research the Bible. This cannot be uh, a replacement for your own studies. Research the Word of God, test every word, and may the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you uh, in every sentence that you read. And uh, I'd like to, before entering um, into today's topic, we uh, accumulated a lot of time for um, the first part, but I'd like to read another part of Acts 17 uh, from 24 to 26. And uh, it uh, is read there that God that made, this is from 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with man's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. And this is uh, bringing us to the times uh, which are preordained uh, according to the word of God uh, with uh, uh, clear prophecies being prepared for uh, us to, to recognize and observe those times and be prepared for the coming of right. our Lord that he may take us to him. Now, Jonathan... God is uh, God wants us to know the times and seasons, but some things God said it is not for you to know, um, and, and some things He said no one know the day and the hour. For example, the rapture itself, and this is one of the main reasons I'm a pre-tribulation rapture believer because only before the tribulation you can actually fit into the no one knows the day and the hour. Once the tribulation begins, it's a seven years period that we know how many years, how many months, how many weeks, and how many days. So to say it's in the middle, I know exactly the day. To say it's at the end, I know exactly the day. Forget about the other reasons why the Bible says Jesus said to the church of Philadelphia, I will, because you kept my command to persevere, I will keep you out of, not through, the hour of trial that is about to come upon the mm. earth to test all that dwell on this earth. And also the same thing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, at the very end, the last verse, same thing, talking about the future, the judgment to come that we are going to be spared from. 
also we see that in first Thessalonians chapter 5 we the church we're not destined to the wrath of God Daniel the prophet says that the wrath is those seven years and he calls the latter part the latter part of the wrath so there's a lot of stuff but again I, I agree with you it's more important at least to believe in the rapture and hey I believe that those who believe in the mid or the post they will be just greatly surprised that's all well, praise God. Uh, I, I'm always up for great surprises. Nevertheless, I'd, I'd like to uh, move into today's topic and uh, encourage whoever wants to uh, really uh, understand uh, the, the pre-rapture um, uh, or the pre-tribulation rapture or taking or uh, whatever the word is used in your language um, to go into Behold Israel. Amir Tzalfati has plenty of... Um, uh, videos there that uh, elaborate on this topic specifically. Moving to our observation yes. of the times. Um, we're living in historic times. Uh, this was a historic month, uh, the month of uh, January uh, 2021. Plenty of challenges beforehand um, and uh, plenty of challenges up ahead, to say the least. Um, but let's start with uh, the first point, and uh, I'd like to touch on the political instability in Jerusalem. There is a significant political instability in Jerusalem. Uh, this is challenging Israel in, in many ways, uh, not just one. And uh, we're looking ahead uh, towards the March elections. Nobody knows what is going to come out from the, these elections, whether it's uh, incumbent Prime Minister Netanyahu or uh, other figures within uh, the political scene. Alternate Premier Benny Gantz is uh, uh, taken out of the equation uh, on the political level, um, even though on, on the security level in the next several months he's going to play a key role in uh, many things. And, and I must say, on, on all security-related issues, uh, Benny Gantz has done for Israel what many others have not done. Uh, his track record is uh, uh, loud about serving uh, the Jewish state and, and uh, making sure that this uh, will uh, remain. But uh, politics is not for generals always. And uh, uh, there is uh, many of... of uh, issues that uh, come along with that. Um, but what does uh, Scripture tell us about the yes. challenges in Jerusalem? Of course, uh, there is uh, the, the famous verse where Jesus says that not one stone will remain on top of the other, and, and uh, there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, dismay in the city, unfortunately. Well, uh, Jonathan, we need to understand that there was a destruction. Jesus spoke of the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans in 70 AD. He could see it coming, but also we know that he prophesied that the city, not only he, but even the prophet Zechariah prophesied that Jerusalem will be destroyed once again. But in between those two, there was the amazing prophetic uh, uh, thing of the return of the Jews back to the land and the establishment of the state of Israel, which is our generation. We are the generation that is watching that fig tree coming back to life. Another amazing thing, look, I, 
we, we didn't say much about it. I am standing right now in a Muslim Arab country that was not in peace with Israel since the day Israel was born until a few months ago. Now, Israel, I feel safe. I feel secure. I feel welcome here. Israel is now becoming a major player among the Arab countries here in the Gulf area and Saudi, of course. And that is to say, Jonathan, that we are moving towards the point where as a safe, secure and prosperous country, we will then be attacked by the coming coalition of Ezekiel, that is probably Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, and Libya. And though we are talking about a point where if you read Ezekiel 38, Israel is safe, prosperous, and secure. And so whether Prime Minister Netanyahu or others are going to say, what President Trump did in four years, in the last year for the most part, regarding the geopolitical development in the Middle East cannot be overturned. And that is why, Jonathan, in the description of that war, the Gog and Magog, Sheba and Dedan, which is the biblical name of Saudi and the Gulf area, they will protest the invasion into Israel. They will not protest anything else. They will actually criticize those who come against Israel. Namely, they will be on our side. Mm -hmm. And the day has come only a few months ago that <laughs> Here we are. We, we are. Can you imagine? We are on the same side with Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, and of course, um, uh, we have Morocco right now and Sudan. But I do believe that the United Emirates, of course, that's where I am. But Saudi, Saudi supports all of that. Without the Saudi consent, none of the others would say yes to this peace. But the Saudis are very careful, cautious. There is a king that is very old school and he can't see himself signing peace with Israel at the moment. But biblically, we are moving to the point where the war that we believe is the next thing on God's calendar can only happen when Israel is in its strongest position. And right so, now, look, whoever the prime minister is going to be, we are still at, at our peak. This is uh, leading to uh, the next points that I, I want to discuss. We don't have very much time, unfortunately, for all of the points of today. But uh, we, we must, of course, uh, point out uh, the, the Biden administration, the transition of power, the inauguration, and uh, the ramifications thereof. It uh, obviously triggered a ripple effect throughout the Middle East uh, and beyond. But uh, there are a few points that uh, are quite intriguing, uh, and one of those is uh, this has caused a few countries to seek suddenly rapprochement with Israel. Uh, one is Turkey. Turkey is seeking, actively seeking rapprochement with Israel, uh, rapprochement with the uh, West, of course, with Egypt, uh, which is uh, the arch rival of uh, Turkey in the region. And... Uh, it uh, put plenty of uh, its uh, foreign policy um, uh, aspirations on hold, uh, which uh, indicates also a certain 
uh, fallout with uh, uh, Russia, uh, which uh, Russia has now also uh, conducted uh, joint maneuvers with Egypt and, and the Black Sea and, and has done all kind of things that has angered Turkey to the point of seeking to bolster its its bilateral relations with Ukraine. So it's quite interesting to see this on the geopolitical level. But uh, it, there are a few other points that are quite interesting. Um, and that is, behind the scenes, uh, Turkey is now also falling out with Iran. Damascus is falling out with Tehran. Uh, I have uh, communicated with uh, different people uh, behind the scenes and had the opportunity to hear about Syria-Israel talks are taking place under Russian auspices. Uh, most of it remains classified for known reasons, but um, from what I hear, Damascus is willing to abandon Tehran in favor of Jerusalem for the sake of stopping aerial bombardments uh, attributed, of course, to the Israeli Air Force in exchange for the Iranian uh, forces, the Iranian-backed militias, leaving Syrian soil. H how does that coming into play? Uh, it, it's very interesting. You know, a couple days after the, the Turks uh, released those uh, very appeasing statements by their generals and others, um, Israel just signed a deal with Greece, a very big deal. And so, in a way, Israel basically told Turkey... Uh, we prefer to walk more on the Greek on the Greek uh, um, channel. Uh, uh, Turkey um, is as long as Erdogan is in power. Turkey is not enjoying any any uh, validity or or anything in, in the Israeli politics or or public. You know, the only people that are now traveling to Turkey are the Israeli Arabs because they're very they feel very comfortable in Turkey which is great by the way but most of the Jewish people stopped going there because they don't feel safe there anymore they I mean Erdogan is very very much released anti-semitic uh, remarks that I mean equating us to Nazis and, and Netanyahu to Hitler and stuff like that now having said that I believe that what we see now is is the ripple effect of the Biden, uh, uh, I don't think he won, but anyway, he is there. And uh, he is in, in the White House, and uh, Turkey is not really known for its human rights um, uh, observation, and uh, especially since Erdogan crushed the attempted coup and threw into jail thousands of thousands of people. And so the State Department in America is not happy. Now, as long as Trump was in office, Trump was willing to turn a blind eye for the sake of stability in the region. Well, Emil, I, I need to stop you there as we just ran uh, out of time for our broadcast on TV7. Uh, but uh, we will continue right now. Uh, so I'd like to encourage our viewers at home, uh, wherever you're watching from, uh, join us for the, the episode that we will continue now uh, on our YouTube channel at TV7 Israel News, also on uh, Behold Israel YouTube channel. We'll also broadcast this specifically uh, and on our website, www 
www.tv7israelnews.com. So thank you so very much uh, to all of our viewers at home, and we will see you uh, next time or uh, right now also on uh, social media. And I'd like to immediately also continue to uh, Amir. Amir, uh, you just spoke, of course, about Turkey. Uh, What about the Syrian angle of things? Syrian angle is fascinating. You know, Jonathan, Syria has been the fierce enemy of Israel since the day it was born. And, you know, I I remember when I joined the Israeli military in 1990, we we studied about the Syrian military, Syrian way of, 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 of fighting and their weapons and everything. And yet ever since um, <clears throat> the beginning of the civil war in Syria, the country is almost disabled. And now it's the playground of other countries such as Iran and Turkey and Russia. And uh, it's very interesting because, as you just mentioned, uh, uh, not too long ago, uh, there are secret uh, meetings and talks between Jerusalem and Damascus about some sort of an agreement that will probably basically cause Israel to be more forgiving for to, when it comes to the Syrians, and as long as the Iranians will not uh, uh, stay there. Now, interestingly enough, uh, Syria was there in 1948, 1967, 1973. It's always took the advantage of if there's a war, let's fight against Israel. But in Ezekiel, Syria is not mentioned. I mean, the enemies that are coming towards Israel to attack are from the second tier. They're not the immediate borders with Israel. And Syria is not there. And the reason is either because we are reaching something with them or because they don't really play any significant role because of the fact that they are neutralized already from being in, in some significant power there. But I think it's very interesting. Syria is not, according to Bible prophecy, according to what we know in Ezekiel, Syria will not join the attacking coalition on Israel. Very interesting indeed, of course. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, every Israeli soldier, combat soldier, uh, underwent uh, a very strict um, way of, of training against Syrian soldiers. So every country has its primary uh, enemy. Uh, for us in Israel, uh, Syria was always uh, the, the standard of, of uh, practice. Uh, giving a lot of, of uh, regard to the Syrian commandos, the Syrian snipers, who are considered to be uh, very professional and very capable uh, at that. So uh, to to see that behind the scenes there are so many things uh, occurring with regard to Syria, uh, it is something to to look at and, and to observe very keenly. Uh, but uh, it's very uh, surprising to a certain degree. Of course, there, there are different prophecies with, our, uh, with regard to Syria, but the fact that it's not part of the Ezekiel War is uh, very uh, intriguing to me. Um, but let's uh, move to another point, which you also communicated about the fact that uh, you're right now, of course, in, uh, in Dubai and, and you're um, very uh, uh, blessed to be there uh, as part of the Abraham Accords, uh, which uh, was made possible. But as part of that, there were a few points that occurred this uh, uh, month, uh, and that is uh, Jerusalem, of course, ratified uh, the the normalization accords with both uh, Sudan and Morocco. Uh, This happened uh, earlier this month. And uh, beyond that, there is, of course, uh, uh, also more signals 
about various countries seeking a rapprochement with Israel behind the scenes, including uh, Pakistan, Qatar, uh, Indonesia, and Kuwait, uh, of course, uh, each one in its own level. But it seems like for years and years and years, uh, different uh, countries regarded Jerusalem as uh, the highway to Washington uh, if they were uh, seeking to alleviate uh, Washington's concerns on certain uh, aspects. But now it seems like more and more countries are seeing Jerusalem as the highway to Riyadh and to the Arab Gulf. How does that actually play into this whole big picture? It's very very interesting what you just said, because you're, you're right. The Pakistanis said we might not like the peace with Israel, but Israel is the way to get to Riyadh. It's very interesting. Who would imagine that in the past, Israel was the reason Arabs or Muslims will come together, but for the for the aim of destructing, destructing, uh, destroying Israel. Excuse me. But right now, it's the aim is to join Israel, is to actually um, be part of this whole alliance to get its technology, technology to get its. Um, um, uh, weapons and, and, and security systems. All of that is very, very interesting, Jonathan, because as you can clearly see, past wars were very much religious wars. And uh, as you read in Psalm 83, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel will be remembered no more. And then it gives you all the list of all of those countries that fought against us in 48 and 67 and 73. But now the next war is not about that. The next war is all about power struggle, politics, and mostly economy. They come to invade, to plunder, to steal, to take booty, the Bible says. And, and we, we, we see that Iran is with its back to the wall with all the sanctions that we are talking about. We see that Russia is in great need. Turkey's economy is plunging. You can clearly see that Pakistan wants to restore its relations with Riyadh via Israel. You clearly see that it's not about Muslims and Jews anymore necessarily. Now, of course, Iran wants to avenge and revenge um, the killing of um uh, and of course, Israeli bombing on Iranian targets in Syria and Iraq and Lebanon and other places. But we must remember the Ezekiel war is a different war. And so what we are watching now, Jonathan, is how the whole Middle East is changing. And now the alliances are no longer Muslim Jews um, uh, track. It's, it's more, let's... Let's see what can we benefit more from Israel rather than because they understand so far we fought Israel, we benefited nothing from it. And now we can. Now, remember also the Saudis are in, in trouble with the Biden administration because of the Hashukji uh, uh, killing in the, the embassy in, in, in Istanbul or the, the, the consulate in Istanbul. And so we, we can see that the Saudis are now talking to Qatar because Qatar is very much connected with the Democrats in Washington. So it's all about that. And uh, it's very, very interesting how it all comes to to uh, uh, the beautiful picture of what the scriptures told us. Mm. Uh, 
I'm a little bit more skeptical about uh, the the relations here. I, I think that it's more about uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and uh, or it, not necessarily friend, but rather a strategic partner. Indeed, I, indeed. I agree. I agree with you. There's no love in, in the air here. You're right. No. It, it's more of common interests. And the, the fact of the matter is that uh, Jerusalem is still regarded in the Muslim world as a Muslim city uh, that is occupied by uh, foreign invaders, uh, quote-unquote, by uh, uh, many uh, leaders around the world. And it's ironic that the Iranians are not necessarily regarding Jerusalem as a, a uh, Islamic holy city, uh, but rather the the Sunni Muslim world does, and so there is a, a clash between civilizations and theology also in the Muslim world with regard to the different uh, occurrences on the ground. But uh, let's move into uh, a few more angles that uh, occurred over the past month. Uh, one of the the main events, of course. Uh, we're talking about the Eastern Mediterranean. Exploratory talks between Greece and Turkey uh, are uh, took place in, on the 25th of January. Uh, it's, of course, a first step into a long road of, of trying to resolve a dispute uh, that is uh, far wider uh, than a bilateral dispute between Turkey and Greece. Uh, of course, there uh, is also a lot of uh, advancement in talks with regard to Libya. Uh, there are different uh, agreements that uh, were signed there, and uh, they're moving into uh, a new formation of uh, some kind of government there that would include both uh, the LNA and GNA, the Government of National Accord in Tripoli, backed by Turkey, and uh, the LNA, the Libyan National Army uh, of uh, General Haftar, who is, of course, backed by Egypt, Greece, uh, the United Arab Emirates, uh, and uh, Russia. Uh, so there is uh, a very intriguing complexity with regard to different developments uh, occurring currently that have to do with the Eastern Mediterranean that directly impact the state of Israel, its offshore gas reservoirs of the Leviathan, the Tamar and such, uh, which are, of course, controlled by uh, a minority yet significant uh, shareholder, uh, Chevron, the American uh, energy uh, uh, company, which uh, brings the American interests into the picture, of course, with regard to the eastern Mediterranean and uh, Russian interests, of course, because it uh, maintains its interests, of course, in the, the area of Syria, and uh, the Turks are not very happy about the latest developments pertaining to this. How do you see all of this uh, complexity actually unfold uh, from a biblical perspective? How does that come into play? Well, from a biblical perspective, uh, Libya, according to the Bible, will, will be part of that invading coalition. So, and, and let's face it, even all the agreements that are trying to reach right now... It will be part are, of it. Yeah, it will be, yeah. I mean, Ezekiel mentions Libya by name. Well, it, it says the name is Put, which is the ancient name of, of Libya in that time. In, in most English translations, it is Libya. But my point is that Libya, all of the agreements that are trying to reach there are calling for all foreign entities to leave. And it's, it's funny because none of them leaves. 
I mean, Russia stays and Turkey stays and Egypt is watching and observing and the French are there to, 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 to make sure that Turkey is not violating whatever. And you see that um, maybe they don't fight as much as they used to before, but nobody wants to leave. Nobody wants to let the other part take over uh, the, the gas and the oil in the area. And I believe, by the way, Jonathan, that gas and oil are going to be the hook in the jaw that will bring eventually that war. I mean, what are they going to try to take from Israel right now? Falafel, hummus, uh, what, are, what are they going to take from us? Um, it is the gas and the oil that is of the interest of Russia. It is the gas and the oil that Turkey is now trying to find and can't find. It is the gas and oil that allows Israel to have alliances with Greece and Cyprus and eventually Italy and the rest of Western, uh, Western Europe. You can clearly see, as we talked before, it's financial gain that is in the mind of the Russians and it is other conflicts and interest of the Iranians and the Turks. And all of those are affecting the Sudanese and the Libyans eventually to take part of it because Sudan and Libya may be, may be countries that stand by themselves, but, but the, the, there's heavy, heavy involvement of all three that we just mentioned, Iran and, Tur and Turkey and, and Russia in those, and they will drag them. So it will be a simultaneous attack from both the West, the Southwest, the Southeast, the East, and of course from the North and the Northwest. So it will come from all sides. Um, I, I believe that we live in, in amazing times where we see Israel is no longer a question. Israel is a fact. And now they try, they, 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 they live with it right now. It's no longer anymore cutting them off from being a nation as they tried before. Now they want to steal and take and, and all of that. And, um, we know that it will be at the moment where America is basically not going to be standing by Israel. Because if you read the scriptures, you don't see any country standing by Israel. The Lord is the only one that is fighting for Israel during that war. And so um, even the outcome of the elections in America, in my opinion, uh, could be very prophetic. Not that I wanted these outcome. But for other reasons, I didn't want to see a, a very anti-biblical, anti-Israel, and mostly anti-Christian uh, uh, platform. But I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, the, the Bible is telling me this world is going the wrong direction. This is why we need to be out of here soon. Well, I, I think there, there are a few. Uh, I'd like to, to jump also into uh, more ripple effects that occurred uh, in light of uh, uh, the Biden administration taking office. Uh, one of those, of course, is uh, the Iranian question, uh, which is uh, very significant. The Iranians actually already started to negotiate. One of the things that uh, we could hear uh, Israel, uh, other countries in the region, and uh, the West uh, trying to advise the Americans before uh, the uh, ultimate uh, negotiations uh, with Iran, which uh, were going to happen whether under a Trump administration or a Biden administration, by the way. Uh, they were looking for ways of ending this uh, via dialogue. Of course, 
we're not against uh, diplomatic agreements with Iran in Israel. We're actually against uh, agreements that do not take Israel's security into account uh, for the long term. Uh, so that is something that I think uh, should be emphasized. Nevertheless, uh, this month, of course, was also the Holocaust Memorial um, and uh, the remembrance of six million Jews. Prime Minister Netanyahu on that same day uh, came out and spoke about uh, the fact that the Iranians also today are the ones who seek to annihilate the Jewish state and the Jewish people. Uh, and uh, this, of course, uh, is a signal to the Biden administration uh, who has a uh, uh, Jew, uh, who uh, a Jewish man who uh, uh, assumed the role of uh, Secretary of State uh, Anthony Blinken, uh, whose uh, stepfather is a Holocaust survivor. Uh, his uh, parents are uh, Jewish uh, who immigrated pre. Uh, World War II to New York. Uh, he has been a very uh, staunch activist. I, I know also his daughter is a staunch activist uh, for combating anti-Semitism and everything to do with that. So the correlation between Iranian aspirations to annihilate the Jewish state and the fact that Israel tries to signal to uh, the Americans, look, this is also try uh, happening today. It is basically whispering into the ear of the top American diplomat. Uh, this is a danger, and this should be treated as uh, anti-Semitism in its most gruesome form uh, and heinous form. Uh, and should be, of course, thwarted. Now, the Iranians started to negotiate with uh, the Americans by increasing leverage, if you may. Uh, they're already ratcheting up uh, the, the, every facet of its nuclear program, arming proxies with domestically made suicide drones, sophisticated missiles, uh, components to upgrade statistical missiles into sophisticated missiles, anti-US E3 and uh, Gulf Arab rhetoric via social media. They have gone on a massive campaign trying to demonize Israel and uh, all those countries uh, in order to somehow reach the point in which they left in uh, July of uh, 2015, which allowed them to reach that flawed uh, joint comprehensive plan of action or, or Iran nuclear deal. Uh, how do you see this come into play and what are the biblical perspectives to this actually taking form? Is Iran taking the lead with regard to what is happening in the north? Well, Iran is responsible for good things and bad things. The good thing is I'm here because of Iran. I'm here because uh, countries around understand that Israel is the friend and Iran is the enemy. And as you said, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so that is why I'm here, Jonathan. Israel is not receiving love letters from the Arab world. Israel is receiving letters of, we want to take your side because they understand the Iranians. Look, Jonathan, about 20 miles from where I'm standing right now, there were just military maneuvers just a few days ago. And the Iranians are making sure that everybody will see that they are strong and they are ready for war. And of course, Trump exposed their cards and you know we, we know that they didn't do anything then, but they are afraid that they will be perceived as weak for the sake of the negotiations. So they did two things. They, they do all these military maneuvers and at the same time, they took actions in hand and 
started violating very, very, very uh, um, in a massive way the agreement by uh, enriching uranium to levels unseen before. And it's interesting because even the International Atomic Energy Agency says the old agreement cannot really work because there's a new reality right now. They are way more advanced right now than they were before. And, and Iran biblically is the key, I believe, to draw this whole war against Israel because Iran is the most dangerous and destabilizing country here in this region. Now, destabilizing in Yemen and in Lebanon and in Iraq and, of course, in other places, in Syria, definitely. But because of that, it created a new reality of alliances that Iran never thought. Look, Jonathan, a few miles from Iran, an Israeli pilot can actually be here with, with, with equipment. that Iran The Iranian thought they can come all the way to Syria to be close to the border with Israel. And now Israel signed peace with the UAE, and we can actually be here a few miles away from them. Iran will never have peace with Israel. Iran is now starting once again this Persian bazaar of, of negotiation. They are masters in negotiation. Um, the West wants money. The West wants to save its face, and they will probably give them whatever they want, and it will only increase the tension here, and uh, it will only, I believe, continue to destabilize the region, and eventually it will come to the point where it's all going to explode in that war that I just described. So, uh, biblically, Iran is, is a key country in, in making everything that the Bible talks about in the Middle East coming to pass. And uh, I wish it was different. Look, I feel, I feel very sad for the Iranian people because many of them really love Israel. In fact, I have Behold Israel. We have a, a Persian language YouTube channel where my messages are being translated with um, uh, subtitles in Persian. And the reason is the people love Israel and for the most part don't agree with their government. But the regime is evil. The regime is satanic, diabolic, and it wants Israel's destruction and annihilation. And as you just mentioned before, it's not even the third holiest city in the world for them. Not Jaffa is. Yet they still want to destroy Israel. It's satanic. It's diabolic. And um, eventually they'll try, but it won't. It won't happen. At the same time, I hear a lot of amazing things that God is doing. Uh, some great. Uh, I know the Lord visits people in dreams, um, great miracles, great revelations, and there many is a revival. Come to Christ. Absolutely, so, absolutely. There is a revival in Iran. The Iranian people are amazing people, uh, very warm, very uh, intelligent uh, people. Uh, the ones, at least, that I've met on on personal account. Uh, but uh, I think one of the things that uh, people need to uh, understand when you're saying there is not going to be peace with Iran ever, uh, it it basically means under an Ayatollah regime with revolutionary aspirations and uh, uh, pursuing that, yes. it cannot have peace with its neighbors because its neighbors are its objective, and that is something that people need to understand. Now, uh, another aspect with all of those maneuvers that we see in Iran. One of the things that people uh, sh should take note 
is that the qualitative military uh, edge is not in the hands of Iran. Iran does not go for quality. It goes for quantity. The, the various uh, military hardware that it uses today are dozens of generations older than whatever uh, is in the, the capable hands of uh, the Israeli military, of uh, uh, the United Arab Emirates after it signed uh, the agreement with uh, uh, the United States uh, for the F-35s, of course. Uh, even Saudi Arabia, which doesn't have a very uh, strong military, has more advanced capabilities than Iran. What happened in the 80s when Iran uh, tried to uh, blockade certain areas uh, in the Persian Gulf and the Strait of Hormuz and such, uh, the United States Navy incapacitated the Iranian Navy within a couple of days. <laughs> okay, it was that uh, significant. Now, uh, I, I w- would like to get a... a closing understanding from you, where should we look at from a biblical perspective in the next month before our next uh, episode of TV seven, uh, TV seven's times observer. And you have one minute to lay it out. Well, I, we need to see, we, we need to come to the understanding and, and uh, that the, the Trump administration is no longer there. America is struggling. America will will try to look more into its inner problems rather than the outer part. Israel will have to do a lot of stuff by itself, and we're going to look into more alliances around us. But we are definitely going to see a, a very, very angry and uh, uh, nervous Iran. We're going to see an, a nervous Russia, and we're going to see nervous China as a result of the fact that um, the Biden. Um, may want to move ahead with them, but the country, America has never been so divided, and the chaos in the streets is only going to get worse. I believe we need to come to the realization that America is diminishing from from the stage uh, of superpower as long as we've got what we see now, and Israel is going to stand alone, mm-hmm. and eventually, as the Bible says, the Lord will be the one who will fight for us. And therefore, uh, I'd like to encourage our viewers at home, pray for the situation, pray for our brethren living in all those countries uh, who are experiencing hardships time and again. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, this is all the time that we have for today's episode. And I'd like to thank Amir Tzalfati from uh, uh, Dubai and the United Arab Emirates. Uh, Flights uh, travel, uh, safe travels. in the near future, of course. Uh, so bless you, brother. And we're looking forward to the next episode. Thank you so much. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time. For more of TV7's productions and editorials, we invite you to visit our website at www.tv7israelnews.com.